Hello, my name is Chrissy Champagne, and you are listening to Residue, a true crime podcast dedicated to keeping you paranoid. Recently, I was at the lake on a cold, dreary morning, taking a walk and listening to a podcast. Not too many people were there that morning, and I noticed that the restrooms were open, so I stopped in. But while I was in there, my first thought was, oh my God, someone could be hiding in here, or someone could just walk in after me. No one would hear me scream until the next person walked by, and would they even help if they heard me screaming? This might sound ridiculous to you, but this is how I am on the daily. I'm always on the defense, always thinking of the worst possible scenario in any situation just in case it happens. Because it does happen. Not if, but when. That is why this next story really spoke to me and hit me so hard because Kelly Heron had the same way of thinking. She knew she had to be ready when someone attacked her. And that day came one Sunday morning, March 5th. 2017. It was a cold, rainy day in Seattle. Kelly had been dreading running that day, but she was training for her first marathon. This would be a 10-mile run beach loop today. Kelly has stated that while training, she would mostly go running after work And living in Seattle in the winter, it would get dark pretty early, around 5 p.m. She recalled getting the creeps as she would run alone later in the day. A feeling of panic would come over her. Since she was running long distances, she feared that she would be attacked and be too tired to fight off the attacker. So when Kelly's employer hired Fighting Chance Seattle to come into the office on February 14th, 2017 and do a workshop for all of the employees, Kelly made sure to attend this class. In this class, Kelly learned to be prepared, be aware, trust your instincts, and learned some self-defense techniques. The most profound statement from Kelly as I read about her case was, most people say you don't think it'll happen to you, but I did think it would happen to me. Stay paranoid. She knew that statistically, since she was always out running, that she was more prone to something like this happening. And now here, on this freezing, rainy day, Kelly is about halfway through her run when she reaches a public restroom and decides it's best to stop now since she had the chance and had so many miles to go. The bathroom was your typical beach bathroom, sand all over the floor, really gross, steel toilets, no mirror, a steel sink, and a hand dryer. There were three stalls, and all three bathroom doors were closed. Kelly saw no feet in any stall. She takes the first stall, trying to be as quick as possible. We all know that feeling. It's like the scene from Scream where Sydney is alone in the bathroom. She crouches down to check the stalls for feet, and then slowly you see Ghostface step down, And every single bathroom I have ever entered since seeing that scene, I think about it. Kelly hurries. She comes out of the stall to wash her hands as quick as she can so she can hop back into the trail. As she places her hands under the hand dryer, she feels a chill come up her spine. She knew. Kelly turns to see a hooded man next to a stall. 
Her first instinct is something we have all experienced. Her first instinct is to apologize, almost jokingly, like, oh my god, I'm sorry, I didn't know someone else was in here. But Kelly has trained her brain. Kelly has taken self-defense classes, and she knew she had a prior probability of being in this situation. Her mind enters checklist mode. Wait, this is not a woman. This is a man. The smell. He smells. Why is he here? This is not right. The hooded man lunges at Kelly, pins her in the corner. Kelly's mind is still in checklist mode. Is this really happening? What is happening? The hooded man throws Kelly to the ground. Landing on her knees, Kelly immediately starts screaming. Not today, motherfucker. I'll fucking kill you. Rage. Rage takes over for Kelly. Adrenaline kicks in and Kelly is fighting. Her attacker is fighting just as hard. He's punching Kelly in the face over and over. And as she is being punched, she becomes disoriented. The attacker begins to use this moment to start taking Kelly's pants off. Her mind is telling her she needs to do anything she can to get him off of her. She's still fighting back, throwing elbows, but her attacker had on a large puffy jacket, so her hits weren't landing as hard. Still, she won't stop. She gets off of her stomach and onto her side. This is the first time Kelly sees the man's face. Aim for the face or the genitals, screams inside of Kelly's head. This was a tip that she learned from her self-defense class. She is now staring at his face and she claws him. And we've heard this before from our previous episode about Susan Walters, but her attacker never made one sound, never spoke once, until this moment, until the moment that Kelly claws at his eyes. He made a grunt, and Kelly knew she had a fighting chance. She knew she had to get out no matter what it took. Kelly breaks free. She crawls underneath a stall door and is now separated from her attacker. If something feels like the right thing to do, don't second guess yourself. Just do it. This statement rang through Kelly's head. It was something that she learned from her instructor at the self-defense workshop. She begins to kick the bathroom door lock. She kicks it so hard that the lock falls off and it jams the door shut. She feels safe for a couple of minutes, but this is when her attacker now crawls underneath the door. Inside the stall with Kelly now, he begins hitting her again. This is where she loses hope. Her mind races with what life will be like if she survives this attack. She has stated that, The walls closed in on her. Eight minutes. The fighting has now continued for eight minutes. As Kelly tires, her adrenaline kicks in. Her adrenaline kicks in hard. Kelly stated in an interview with the podcast, How I Survived, shit gets real fast. She isn't going out like this. She pulls herself out from under him, lunges herself out of that tiny bathroom stall, and runs for the main entrance. She's outside. 
She's outside and she sees an older woman walking her dog and two young girls who look to be about 14 years old. These two young girls looked white and frightened, said Kelly. These girls call 911. As 911 is on the phone, her attacker remains inside of the bathroom. A man approaches and tries to help by jamming the bathroom door shut as to lock the attacker inside until the police arrive. Police arrive and her attacker says to the police, just kill me, just kill me. He admitted that his intention today was to rape Kelly. As Kelly is escorted back to a police car, she catches a glimpse of herself inside of another car window. She doesn't even recognize herself. The police tell her that she's going to need to go to the hospital to get stitches in her forehead. Being the epitome of what a badass is, Kelly says to the police, well, I need to run 10 miles today and I've only run four and the hospital's about six, so why don't I just run to the hospital? She's my hero. Kelly says to this day she still remains proud of that scar that remains on her face. She said that she's always had a quick temper. She's always been really quick to stand up for herself. The spirit of a fighter. It wasn't surprising that Kelly could muster up this strength. And there's always the aftermath. Kelly says that when the shock wears off, the aftermath comes in waves. She says that she was grateful to have her mother by her side every step of the way in recovery mode. The GPS tracker that Kelly was wearing showed a horrifying picture once Kelly entered that bathroom. Her GPS tracker for eight minutes showed a red scribbled line going all over that bathroom. Kelly described it as if you were looking at a picture that a young child had drawn and they took a red marker and they just scribbled all over the page. Headlines in the paper read, Woman assaulted in park bathroom, gets punched in the head five times, and escapes. Kelly was angry about articles like this because they rewrote the ending, in her words. Because she was prepared. She took a class. She knew this would happen. She fought back and she lived. That was her story, not what the papers were writing. Kelly took issue with being called a victim in the media. An attack like this was always Kelly's worst nightmare. Then, her worst nightmare comes true. She was prepared. She survived. She fought back. She is not a victim. She didn't feel like a victim. The media missed an opportunity to tell this story about a woman who took control, prepared herself, and survived. Gary Steiner. 40 years old. He was homeless and he had been convicted of sex crimes in the past. He was a registered sex offender. Kelly says that the day she was allowed to stand in front of her attacker in court and read her victim impact statement, that was the day that she felt like the badass that everyone said she was. She felt like the girl in that bathroom that fought for her life. She never felt stronger in her entire life than that day that she stood before Gary Steiner and read her victim impact statement. I survived this vicious assault because I fought back with every fiber of my being. As Kelly reads this, 
you can hear Steiner breaking down and crying in the background, over and over saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Steiner pleaded guilty to second-degree assault with a sexual motivation. Gary Matthew Steiner was sentenced to three years in prison in March 2018. As Steiner was being escorted to prison, the judge looked at Kelly and asked, Miss Heron, did you ever run that marathon? Kelly replies, yes, I did, Your Honor. And at that moment, Kelly says that she thought to herself, fuck yes, I ran that marathon, and now your ass is going to jail and this is over. She finally felt like she was free. As she left the courtroom with her mom, Kelly says that she had a feeling come over her, a feeling that she couldn't explain, a feeling that she said was simple. It was happiness. She hadn't felt happiness in so long that now she had no idea what it was like when she did feel it. Four months into his sentence, Gary Matthew Steiner died in prison. I thought I would feel guilty or something, but I actually feel a huge sense of relief because as long as he was breathing air on this planet, I knew I was going to have to go back and keep fighting indefinitely. So I feel a huge sense of closure. This is what Kelly said to Dory Monson of KIRO News Radio. Today, Kelly has partnered with the instructor who taught her those life-saving skills. She runs women's empowerment and self-defense workshops, and there are four key things that Kelly teaches all of her students. Number one, trust your intuition. Number two, respond immediately. Number three, be loud and fight hard. And number four, hard bones for soft spots, hit them. A most profound statement from Kelly is, you become part of this club that you never wanted to become a part of. She says it's important to have someone who has been there and understands not just the experience itself, but what it does to your life. One life ended that day and another began for Kelly. Kelly created the app Run Buddy, a safety app for runners, bikers, hikers, and walkers designed to keep you safer while out on the road or trail and give your loved ones peace of mind. Kelly says she is living proof that if you prepare yourself for a worst-case scenario, you can at least have a fighting chance. And that is why I always tell you to stay paranoid. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Residue. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on any of your preferred listening platforms. As an added note, if you would like to follow Kelly on her Instagram, it is at run underscore kiwi underscore run. There's a link on her bio that leads you to be able to purchase some of her t-shirts that read, Not Today Motherfucker. They're some of the coolest t-shirts. Don't forget about the Run Buddy app, and thank you all so much, and I hope you have a very safe, happy new year. Stay paranoid.